0: Turn into something so awesome. One year ago, yeah. yes,
1: yeah. I took the worst selfie ever. <laughs> Can you translate, I took the worst selfie ever. Can you translate, RM?
2: to
0: year year uh, I was doing what I do pretty much every year at the Billboard Music Awards. I'm running the video content side for uh, for Westwood One. So I get out on the red carpet and the energy's different. So I wander over to the crowd area and all these signs are in Korean. Alexis, why do you like BTS?
3: I don't like BTS. I actually love them because their music doesn't just suit Korean people, but they suit people all over the world. Their music brings a lot of happiness and it's really great to dance to.
0: So then I kind of go, wow, there's something going on here. And then I walk back to our red carpet station and then the, the guys come out. It's pandemonium, man. I mean, you can't hear anything. I look over there's the guys coming down the red carpet and starting to do interviews and and they were just so nice and they were just so gracious and that interview was just so awesome and I hard to explain but I felt a really great connection there I believe so much in what you do oh thank you thank you sir thank you thank you Steffi, Steffi! So, I was like, well guys, let's do a selfie. Then I do the selfie, I post it, got done with the shoot that night, and just checked my Twitter, and oh my gosh. You know, this podcast was in the top 10 of of all music podcasts last week. To think that it all started (laughs) with the worst selfie ever done, it's a life lesson. Sometimes you just go out there and do it. Just go out there and do it. You may mess up. And you know what? Sometimes your mess ups may lead to the coolest moments of your life. Because when this podcast became one of the most listened to podcasts, I thought about that moment. I messed up, man. And it led to this. And thank God it did. Welcome to Stokes and Friends. L.A. to the A.T.L. New York to <laughs> Chicago, <here. laughs> London to in
2: make that gravy. Hey, we are the on Westwood 1 with Stokes and Frank.
0: Uh-huh. Make, 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 make that gravy. So guys, it's really exciting. I'm here at the uh, 2018 Billboard Music Awards. Now I met the guys last year here and that's what gave me the idea to do the podcast and now it's happening, but uh You know what? We're about to get into episode two. We have a really, really exciting thing because I sat down with the band and uh, we got to talk about some really cool stuff, especially about what G-Men said. But you know what? Instead of me introducing the episode, I would love to have my friends, my Army friends, do it for me. So, what do you say, guys? Welcome to
3: Sector's It's G-Men
0: time! It's G-Men time! Episode two! So Westwood One's backstage radio row at the Billboard Music Awards is like one of the best places to hear from your favorite artists because they basically come into a room at the MGM Grand. And spend about three or four hours talking to all these incredible radio stations throughout the the U.S. And Stokes and Friends Podcast was lucky enough to be a part of that backstage event. So we got to sit down with the guys. And I took it as an opportunity to not only sit down and talk with the guys um, about Jimin's interview, but also give them a little present because... We both love barbecue. They got me into Korean barbecue, and I wanted to share some Tennessee barbecue, so I got them some spicy Tennessee barbecue sauce and was able to give it to them. I think it was well-received. And the interview, I thought, was, uh, was revealing and really interesting. Okay. Are you good? Okay. First of all, one year ago, yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. I took
1: the worst selfie ever. <laughs> Can you translate RM to, to the? that? <laughs> you so, so cute. I
0: have an apology here. I need to apologize to J-Hope, okay? J-Hope, where's J-Hope? Where's J-Hope? <laughs> oh, oh.
2: J-Hope! <laughs>
0: we put out the first episode which was with V uh-huh. this week. Yeah. First episode. And we went into the top 10 of Apple Music podcast BTS highest rated K-pop podcast
1: ever. ever. Oh. Boom. Oh, <laughs> 10 right.
0: So in recognition of top 10. Because you guys have made me fall in love with Korea, and falling in love with Korea, I fall in love with Korean barbecue. <laughs> Korean barbecue. And I'm from Tennessee, and we love barbecue as well. Yeah. So I got you guys some Tennessee barbecue
1: sauce. Oh, oh. thank you! Bar- barbecue, sauce. Barbecue, barbecue, sauce. barbecue sauce. Oh my gosh! To RM, to J-Hope. Barbecue yeah. sauce. Wow! J-B. Famous barbecue sauce. Shiga. Oh, well, thank you, thank oh, you, thank oh, you,
0: it is so wow, you oh, yeah, oh, you so
2: spicy, so, spicy, yeah, thank you.
0: so, I only have one question, and yeah. this is this, when I interviewed G-Min, I was yes. very moved by this question, I asked him who he would like to collaborate with, are there any artists that you are influenced by, that you would like to collaborate with, and why?
1: As for myself,
0: collaborations with other artists would be great. But I have yet to release any collaborations with my own members. And I would like to do that first with each one of them. And I, to me, that is the greatness of BTS, is that you are brothers. Oh. You are family. And the one question I have is, if each of you could look to the next member... And just say what is a characteristic that you admire most in oh. that in that person.
1: Uh-huh. So from Jin? So, yeah. Jin to Jimin, Jimin yeah. okay. RM. Yeah. I like yeah. his passion. Passion. Yeah. Passion. What passion, passion. like? Passion. passion. uh uh-huh. yeah. Finish. Finish. It. Yeah. Oh. RM 형은 굉장히 상냥한 사람인 같아요. He said. 그 부분이 되게 저한테 되게 예쁘게 보이는 He said, um, "I'm, I'm kind and nice to everybody, so he said he liked, he liked a part of it. And for me, Sugar, um am um, Sugar has, Sugar has the only I, I cannot, I cannot." I just I don't know how to explain this, but he has some specific characteristic that no one has in the group. He has that you know that this sharp and cold attitude, and it makes the group really various and sometimes really attractive. So I admire Sugar for that.
2: Jungkook은
1: 다방면으로 모든 다 잘한다는 he said Chongok is like girl. good at everything. Ah uh, Pion Tuktakango Mungas Haram Chega tuk to Kesoe in Nungatya. He said V is very unique and he has his own color and it's very attractive to many people. Jin? Yeah. Cheho. Uh, Cheob is very kind j-hope j he have a nickname nickname is uh Himang. Himang boys Himang boys hope boys
2: yeah, hope <laughs> boys. yeah. <laughs> means. thank you me. means
1: hope jean i love your dance shall we dance <laughs> <laughs> we so met a year
0: ago yes and sir. so much has happened in a year and I will continue to champion you guys because I believe so much in what you do. Come,
1: down. Oh, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you. Stephanie, Stephanie. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, we had the. No, come on, come on, come on, j put come on.
0: So, to understand the importance of the Billboard Music Awards and how they played into the success of BTS. Especially domestically in the states, we got to reach out to somebody from Billboard. And Tamar Herman is not only is she one of the greatest like K-pop aficionados, but she speaks Korean. And you can find her articles on Billboard uh, because she works with Billboard. So we got to call Tamar and find out what she thinks about this. So let's do it. Hello. Hey, Tamar.
3: Hi, how are you doing? Hey,
0: it's Stokes. How are you?
3: Good. How are you?
0: I'm doing fantastic. So thank you so much for taking the time. And if it's okay with you, I've gone ahead and just started recording. So this episode is about G-Men, and, um, but it's also about uh, the Billboard Music Awards because that's where I met the guys and, uh, last year. And it really, I mean, you you would know better than me, but... Wasn't that kind of the first, like, really, really prominent national exposure in the U.S. for for the guys?
3: Uh, Yeah, the BBMAs were definitely kind of the first moment that everyone who hadn't heard of them already Notice. Uh, it was the first time they interacted on a mass scale with Hollywood, it was the first time they were televised on American TV, on national um, American broadcast TV. It was just, you know, uh, a huge moment for them uh, and and people paid attention. Um, by the time they got to the AMAs last year, like, you know, like every five seconds it was like, here's BTS, because everyone just knew by then that everyone was in love with them. Uh, but the BBMAs were definitely the first time that, uh, they interacted with the mainstream American media on a grand scale, and the first time that Hollywood interacted with BTS and and turned into a great love affair.
0: Let's talk about G-Man, because, um... It, he's To me, he's a very uh, – he occupies kind of a really interesting place in the group in that not only – from my side, I mean, he's not only a great dancer and a great singer, but he seems to be, in a lot of sense, kind of the glue in a lot of ways. When, I, when I'm interviewing or I see them being interviewed, he's so mindful of his, his, the other members and um, – in the first question that I asked him about collaborating with other artists, he just immediately took that question to a place of, I, I really want to collaborate with my members in the group before I collaborate with outside um, artists. And I just thought that was an incredibly sweet thing to say.
3: Yeah, that's really, that's really sweet.
0: <laughs> and what, what is your kind of perception of, of G-Man and what his lane is in the group?
3: His vocal color is very distinct within the group. Uh, all, all of their vocalists, you know, have a different sound. His vocal tone is really distinct. You can really get a sense of sentimentality from his his songs. I really personally like uh, uh, his song. His solo track, Serendipity, was one of my, my favorites from the uh, past album. You could tell, I'll tell like, I just watched uh, Burn the Stage a bunch of episodes again. And you could tell that he works really, really ridiculously hard. And it, it, it was quite inspiring and motivational. He kind of makes BTS work in a weird way. Like you would, I don't think, I mean, many, many people would say, of course, like that he's their favorite vocalist, but there's a bunch of great vocalists in the group. But whenever I listen to their songs, I tend to think that he's kind of like the glue that holds their songs together. Mm. That, you know, everybody, like Jungkook is a great vocalist. V is a great vocalist, Jim's a great vocalist. But Jimin, when I, whenever I like stop to hear a song for the first time, I usually stop on his part because it's, like, attention grabbing, because it just, just draws the whole thing together. But his role in their group, I don't know. He's, he's just one of, like, not, not just, but he's one of seven guys, and they each bring something really important into the stage.
0: In your estimation, why has BTS kind of risen above um, in the format? What's the secret sauce?
3: Um, so, what's the secret sauce? Um... I mean, like if we're using metaphor, food metaphors, you know, you need you always need a really great recipe, and you need a really good cook all at once. So the the recipe, like in the contents itself, would be BTS. You know, they're they're all supremely talented, they're all supremely hardworking, and then you have their team, Big Hit, who kind of just put it all together in a really finely tuned way, and they kind of figured out what works. But you also need a really good um, appetite to go into a meal. So you have an audience who is re- really ready and primed for bts and when i say that they were primed for bts i mean bts um obviously the music is an important factor of their career but also their social media presence is undeniably insane and that could only come at a certain time when social media really was exploding and at a time when social media was looking for the next big thing and i tend to think of it kind of as you know like a mixture of like doing really really well on their end but also being a little bit lucky where in that bts came at a time when the music world was is looking for the next big thing like the music world is ready for something new and exciting we're looking to latin america and getting so many hits from it and now we're no longer just like looking into the english speaking music language bubble and bts is obviously like the next next choice like There's no reason in my mind why we couldn't get BTS' fake love to become, like, as big as Despacito or Miente. But that wouldn't have been possible five years ago. So for the music industry to be ready for something like that, it needed to be at the right point. So, you know, K-pop's been trying for years to try to break into the U.S. market. But when they tried in the late 2000s and, like, early 2000s, uh, and early 2010s, it was a lot of, like, we're going to work with American Uh, musicians and we're gonna have English language songs and it never worked and it never worked for a lot of reasons but when people are looking for more authentic music and more diverse authentic music BTS has that
0: and I'm so lucky to have access to the great supporters of BTS and especially great supporters of BTS in Nashville Tennessee which is where I live so from Brentwood Tennessee my friend Alicia is back again to give us her thoughts on uh, BTS let's jump into the do you mean interview here
2: stigma was talking about like uh, real-world issues and also like lie was a real-world issue too hmm. so like also, oh, so, J Hope came up with Mama talking about his mom and like how he appreciated her. So I think they got to know the members better through their individual songs. Mm. That's why they, like we said, like yeah. they connect on a personal level and therefore like, like the group and support the group.
0: Yeah. And I think a message to anybody that's out there making music is the toughest thing that you've ever had to deal with, mm-hmm. that is what will connect the most. Just with people, but you know that's hard, Alicia. It it is is hard to do that in a culture where, when you put yourself out there, if you got problems, people. I mean, people jump on you.
2: Yeah.
0: How much did your does your personal life um, impact what you create musically? And does it work its way into your music?
2: More than You Never
0: Walk Alone, when we were doing the Wings album, I helped out with the individual songs. And while I was working on the songs, I did have the tendency to recall my own memories.
2: I always try to recall my
0: feelings at those times and try to put it on paper. In result, I'm not always able to capture a lot, but I try. The show last night was absolutely incredible. It was one of the best shows that I've seen in many years. And one of the things that I love about what you guys do is you care so much about your fans, and you're so kind to them. why is that important to you, to be so kind to, to your fans?
1: I can't explain
0: it in one sentence, but in many ways, These are the people who have become my motivation in life. The way I have felt recently is that they really give me strength.
2: They're the only
0: people who can really be healing
2: to me. They are my resting place and the reason I get up to start doing things again.
0: I think you got a lot of people, especially in the industry, Mm -hmm. the music industry in America, It's going like, what is going on? On, like, why yeah. are people so engaged in these groups? And I think you know, from what I hear and from what I've experienced, is it has so much to do with just the individuals themselves,
2: yeah, like personality-wise. Because, like, and beyond
0: the music, uh, right? Yeah, beyond the it's music. because you're able to watch them through all of these adventures yeah. and know that what you know from. John Cook is more than just what you're hearing on DNA, mm-hmm. or what you're you're diving into the complete things, things you can't hear in three minutes on the radio, mm-hmm. which up until this point in like the, the 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 age of, you know, kind of radio and hit songs, mm-hmm. you hear the hit songs, you connect, right? Right. But this is totally different. The hit song comes way way after people have, like, already connected. It's
2: on, like, a personal level. Like, Mm -hmm. they kind of relate to them and can see, like, how that song relates to their personalities and themselves.
0: So that wraps up another episode of Stokes & Friends K-pop with this. And I'm sitting in my hotel room after the billboards, which was just amazing. It It was an amazing weekend. And I thought about... How much has happened since I took that awful selfie a year ago and what has turned into a wonderful, wonderful journey uh, for me and I hope for all of you guys who have started to learn about this incredible music and this incredible act. And it's been quite a ride over the last year. I can't finish this episode without noting the fact that part of the ride for the year for me was losing the greatest man that I had in my life, which was my father and the guy who introduced me into Korean culture at a very young age because he loved to eat kimchi. And I will say this podcast has really helped me connect with my father and the spirit of my father. And I thought about that when the guys came in and did the interview this week of... How really great uh, it is to have great people in your life. And I had an incredible person in my life. And I know that you all have uh, ha- have lost someone in your life that is really incredible. And my friend Cece sent me this poem, and I just want to read it because I think if you go through something like this in your life, know that that person is with you and will stay with you, especially through things that they cared about. And the poem goes like this. Do not stand at my grave and weep. I am not there, I do not sleep. I am a thousand winds that blow. I am the diamond glints on snow. I am the sun on ripened grain. I am the gentle autumn rain. When you awaken in the morning's hush, I am the swift uplifting rush of quiet birds in circling flight. I am the soft starshine at night. At 5.30 in the morning, I will be up and on my way to the airport with my friend Yuji Ayabe from Japan, uh, who I've been so lucky to uh, befriend on this journey. And he's going to go back to New York, but I am going to Tokyo. And the next episode will be from Tokyo. My name is Stokes Nielsen, and you are my friends, and this show is our show.
3: Westwood One Podcast Network. Celebration Rock with Stephen Hayden Chuck Hossman, I talk about this in the book. I try to define what classic rock is. There's a lot of different definitions of that.
0: I mean, I think that your starting point is Sgt. Pepper. In some ways, I kind of think the end of classic rock as a sound may have been Appetite for Destruction. Celebration Rock.
3: Download and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Westwood One Podcast app. Free from the Westwood One Podcast Network.